Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast coming in your ear holes. October 1st. We smash it 10 yards tonight. A buck we call pickles. A south wind pushing us back to the zag. Better stand on our back. Set it out and see what happens. You on it? Huh? That's the air going out of me. Absolutely drilled in. Then boom, you said good buck. We'll get my buck, then we're gonna go get homie's buck. Been urban piece as hell. Got him. Pickles is dead. Kevin Gates, both kills on hanging hunts. My first public land book. Nice work, dude. Look at that. Triple brow on the right. I'm digging that. Fucked out October 28th. An absolutely incredible season. Here we go. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Coming in your ear holes. And yet again, I just cannot do it quite like High Fence. However, on this podcast, we are going to be throwing you guys another curveball. Um, very excited to talk about what we're going to cover. I don't think it's ever been talked about on a podcast, and it is high fence hunting with high fence Jenkins. <laughs> no, just kidding with you guys, but uh, we are going to talk with Cody about um, some things, just like we um, let me discuss some topics about hunting last week and um, kind of get to know us a little bit better and um, kind of how we're thinking and moving forward with our um, hunting styles and and things that we're picking up on here. So before we do that, we're going to get into the people that make this possible. And uh, then we'll get into our guest. Starting off with Lathbrest TV, uh, we are going to be putting these podcasts 
back on their YouTube channel, and uh, those are going to be rolling out. And um, for them guys doing that for us, uh, they have shared their codes for Outdoor Edge and Underwarmer with us, and uh, I'm going to link that in the show notes below. Uh, Exodus Trail Cameras. Uh, I've said this a couple times before, but I just want to reiterate it again. Um, the one thing with their cell cam is that you can share data among multiple cameras. And I like that because it keeps the cost down. Um, you already bought the camera and, and you're already buying the line fee. So why would you have to, why would you want to pay for that camera to have its own data plan? Um, I really like that you can share among multiple cameras and, um, there have been a couple times where I've had a put in a couple spots where you're going to get some blanks, you're going to get some sun picks, especially in the late summer. And um, the overcharge, I mean, I don't know how many picks if it's over, but I mean, you're getting the notifications too, Cody. Like, I mean, a shitload of pictures and the charge is like $3.28 for all them extra pictures. So I've never upped it over 50 megs and I'm running three cameras on it. So very cost effective and uh, all their cameras are backed by that five-year no BS warranty. Moving right in here to Ride On Optics. Um, I was over at Cody's house a couple weeks ago and picked up uh, two of the scopes. And uh, one of them I'm going to use for sure. The other one I'm up in the air about. And uh, just looking through their scopes, it um, you can tell that they've got some high-quality glass inside there. Like, you know when you pick up a... a, a a higher end or a more um, expensive pair of sunglasses, like you can almost feel like you see better and you can tell the difference between that or a pair you're going to get at Walmart. And it's the same thing with their scopes is um, when you, when you look down there, like it almost makes you see clearer down, down range, obviously with the scope, but um, you can just tell that that glass is high end and a very crisp image. Uh, their product is also backed by a lifetime warranty. And then um, finishing up there, uh, we do have a new Badlands code for this year that we are sharing with you guys. Just uh, hit us up on any social page, and uh, we'll get back to you there momentarily. So getting into this week's episode here, uh, we got High Fence Jenkins, or better known as Cody. Um, how you doing tonight, man? Good, doing good. I've been waiting to get on this podcast a long time. I know. I'm trying to get on the guest list forever. I'm glad to see you dress appropriate. You know, gun gun yeah. guy, gun hunter shirt. I mean, you're you're just nailing it on the head right here. Yeah, I got out of the shower and I opened the drawer and I was like, perfect, right on top. Got to do just it. Fold it and put it in there. Got to like, do it. Meant to be. <laughs> oh, so um, why don't you just kind of give give a little brief introduction here about. Uh, kind of how you got started hunting and um what you do and and where you're at now well i'm cody jenkins or high fence jenkins um reason i have that nickname is i shot a giant and had very well-known people in the industry ask if it was high fence or not they weren't going to associate it if they were it was high fence which i thought was weird because a lot of them I don't know. It doesn't look high fence to me. Yeah, it's dark as hell. I've ever seen, <laughs> you know, and uh, the rumor got started that it was high fence and it kind of stuck. And then 
um, that name kind of stuck as a joke. And then I made my Instagram that, um, but anyways, yeah, Cody Jenkins, um, just turned 30 a couple months ago, three kids, one on the way wife, um, got about four good friends. Homie's one of them. Nick Brown's one of them. <laughs> um, there's some solid friends, but I'll say like good friends that I actually talk to pretty low key, hang out by myself, my kids a lot. Started hunting when I was young, killed my first uh, deer with a bow at 16, killed a bunch with a rifle and a single shot slug gun before that. Um, one thing I haven't said on here is I have passed a shitload of deer and let other people kill them when I was younger um, that hadn't killed nice deer yet. I had really good ground that I had figured out. And uh, I remember one the guy was like, are you sure you want me to shoot it? I was like, yeah, yeah. It was the preacher's son. His name was James. Can't remember his last name. And it was just like a basic eight point frame, you know, nothing crazy. And I was like, yeah, go ahead, man. Got up there and it had like a three and a half inch drop time. Oh. I was like, of course, man. I've never shot a drop time before, you know, and it's just got like a little three and a half inch <laughs> kicker, like way back on the main beam i'm like of course you know um wasn't a giant deer by any means but um shot one of the like the one of the bucks that i shot solo by myself with another guy was got permission on this property and wasn't seeing a lot of deer we did a big loop and we were walking it's rifle season and this was my roommate at the time so i was probably 16 or 17 um and really good dude named matt and he had never shot a deer before at all. And we went up to this, it was hot out. So I was like, okay, there's only water on this place is in one spot. Let's do a big loop coming downwind on this water, glass it and see what we can do. And there's some does bedded, kind of by some cedar trees on the backside of this pond dam. And, uh, and he was like, oh, I'm gonna shoot one of those does. I'm, I'm like, no, dude, said, there's a giant, there's a really good buck up there. And we belly crawled on that deer into like 150 yards and shot him and shot him and that deer ran right at us and died like 75 yards away and uh that was the last deer i shot off that property though hmm. we shot it and then the landowner was like well <laughs> you know <laughs> there I was we like, go. yeah, that's how it goes that's how it goes but uh that that established me into wanting to chase bigger deer um once you see a couple get down you want to and wanna and the guy who owned the bait shop, um, there was not very many big deer. I didn't see a lot of big deer when I was growing up. Like a 120 was a stud, you know, and he came up there. We my dad owned like 15 acres behind my house. Like, and it was weird because there's a cattle farm and it's completely surrounded by grass. And it was like a long ways away from timber. You know, it was this hay ground and pasture ground for cows. And I had back there when I was a kid, I had been back there building forts, BB guns and stuff and four wheelers and never really seen any deer sign back there. And he asked my dad if he could hunt back there. And he was like, yeah. So I'm up the house watching him and he's got his like suburban parked up on the opposite hillside with the doors open, you know, just watching this timber and shoots an absolute giant that he must have seen running there with a doe or something. 
And after that, that's when I was like, okay, there's, there's big deer here. And I started holding out for bigger deer. Um, once you see a couple on the ground, you kind of decide that that's, that's what you want to do. I didn't really think it was an option where I was at. And then, uh, killed a really good one with my grandpa, um, with a rifle when I was probably 17. And that was like the really first, really, really good one that I killed. And then it, from there just transitioned in. But before that, there was a shitload of does. I missed a spike buck one year and devastated me. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you just think all the stuff that you did, but uh, that's a little bit about me and been hunting deers. What I like to do, I'll, I'll chase turkeys and other stuff, but, um, deer really excites me and uh i really like rabbit hunting too but it's kind of a with dogs but it's kind of a lost art and now mm -hmm. that i have kids i can't i can't run dogs and have kids it's just it's a very very time consuming to have good dogs you got to run them a lot um and i got nick brown's finally got a good one now oh, so yeah. i'm really hoping that he gets it nailed down and i can take my kids just to experience some rabbit hunting because that's like the that is one of the best things to make you be ready for the moment because you're standing there waiting and then you see that sucker hopping and you got to decide like okay when am i going to take the shot am i going to let it get closer is it going to back off and rabbits will run a circle so you just stage up and they run right past you um, and then the dogs are going to be like 300 yards around. And then if you, a lot of times, if they can't hold up, if you miss the first time, you might get a second go. So you get a lot of kill shot moments where shit's moving and trying to make stuff happen. And, uh, I had a beagle dog and when I was single and I used to get a six pack of deer and run the beagle dog. That was like my, my night when I was 18, 19, 20, <laughs> like, <laughs> when I was not pipeline, when I was back home, it was just like, okay, let's drop the tailgate and drink a few and watch the dog run rabbits. And then she'd get tired and come back. I'm like, oh, load up, you know, mm -hmm. but. All right. Well, uh, when, uh, when, when you kind of sent me these topics that you wanted to talk about, I was like, man, like those are three things that I, I would have picked and, uh, totally agreed with you on these. But, uh, before we get into those, I'm going to hit you with a couple uh, would you rather's, and then I will finish the would you rather's here um, later in the show. So first one, uh, one, would you rather find one seventy-one inch shed for the year or kill three turkeys? Three turkeys. Yeah. Really, man. Yeah. I thought I was gonna have to put like a mileage. Like you put in twenty-five miles and found one inch shed. I, yeah. I, 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 I could have swore you're gonna go I mean, with the shed. Yeah, I mean, one shed. I'd rather kill three turkeys. Um, yeah. Shoot a 140 with sheds from last year or a 155 with no history? 155. Yeah. And uh, last one here for the beginning. Uh, high fence or public? Public. <laughs> All right. Depends on if I haven't killed anything for about eight years. <laughs> Hit me again. <laughs> uh, yeah, how much did I get my ass kicked last year? Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, what time of the year are we talking like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it August or September? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it like high fence velvet? Yeah, man. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, know. I don't know if I could ever do that or not. I, I've never, not to knock high fence, I've never hunted it. Some people say you got to wait them out, but our, our 
losing losing leases and losing grounds like devastating to most people and that's kind of like our normal now it's weird and uh i think like the shed answer it's so easy for me i'm getting less emotionally attached and less emotionally attached every year because you start figuring deer out and then you lose the ground and you're like well time to move on you know or the deer gets killed and you know you put all the work in so right now i'm real game for random 150s uh for a while until you know i got one one deer in mind and other than that it's but let me tell you what if i'm back in there hunting that deer and a real solid one comes by and i'd be like oh i'm gonna pass him now i'm gonna drag that sucker out there and then go back in there in a week to try to kill the other one yeah like that's yeah, that's, I would say that's I, where I'm at right now. I think a lot of listeners and a lot of viewers um, that follow us were kind of really invested into Magnum, which I mean, we were too. We spent you know a whole year chasing him, and then when we found out that he ended up getting shot on the last day, um, I think a lot of people that followed us were like more upset than we were. You know, we had the initial shock of it, but you know, we just had that attitude like, okay, on to the next one. Here we go. You know, and. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, man, you know, I'm pretty tore up about it and, you know, felt bad for us because they're like, we put so much time and effort into trying to get on him. And then there's it's probably I just think scratching the real their head. Last year was uh, when we put the work, we started putting the work in on that other giant. Mm-hmm. And then he got killed three and a half miles away. Yeah. At that point, I was just like, you know, you can put work in on him and try to do the right thing. But you can't have you just can't dedicate yourself to something because something like that i mean imagine if magnum magnum was killed three and a half miles away you'd be like it'd be that'd be way worse you'd be like god some dude just went out random like (laughs) yeah but that could happen to like any deer that ever you know walks around easily easily part of the game so yeah i'm getting less emotionally attached and i like running cameras but i i'm not gonna set up a lot of cameras for certain bucks this year i'm just gonna set them up where the good shit is you know and yeah um the only cameras i want to set up for random bucks are that one you know the pt that's the only one physical therapy that's what i need on my hand but yeah uh, <laughs> that's what i'm gonna need after hunting that deer <laughs> his name was uh something else but i'm just gonna call him physical therapy from now on because i'm i'm assuming the two weeks in the dungeon trying yeah. to kill him is gonna be absolutely brutal i'm gonna it need is. some physical therapy after putting them that long but so uh this first topic here that we'll get into is uh something that we really put you know first i believe last year um you know we really went off of it and uh we kind of started building that off of chasing magnum so kind of go ahead and get into uh this first topic yeah so the first topic i want to cover is uh i like to call it no cute shit but um it's no bullshit sets I kept saying no cute shit and I don't think people understood in my mind. That's what it is like, um, but it's no bullshit sets back in the past. Um, you get all this data on trail cams and you're looking at these deer and you really want to kill one deer and you're looking at the shit from three years ago and, Oh, he was over here on this ridge. And, oh, and there's a doe bait over here. You're trying to connect dots on a map that really aren't there. You have no clue what that deer is doing. And we've seen it. I think running so many trail cameras, we've learned that these deer, they don't do the same shit every year. Like you hear people say that, 
And I feel like that's on like real good managed farms where, okay, there's going to be, this is where he comes through and hits this dough bedding. I feel like when you're on high pressure or shittier ground where a lot of bucks die, like the deer just do random shit all the time that are, you can't understand why they're doing it or what they're doing for just, well, we got a giant picture of a deer here, like the giant last year. I have no idea why he was in that timber so much. Makes no sense to me. And I was thinking about that the other day. You know, that was a 170 class deer with flyers and a drop tine and a lot of shit going on. Where was that deer the past three years? You know, that deer just showed up out of nowhere. And more than likely, he showed up from where he got killed is what i'm thinking he that's probably his area and he was on an excursion up here and that makes sense why he why we never had him we had him and then he went back there but i i don't know really to be honest with you but um no bullshit sets is just literally hunting where you have the best odds to kill a buck and that seems simple as hell but you get caught up in all these decisions and especially chasing the same the same buck you try to start making shit up like, well, he might do this because he did this. And well, we got a trail cam picture from over there. This is the way he might work the land. Like you have no idea what that guy did. He swimmed across a lake and he's somewhere <laughs> else, you know, and you're just shooting in, in the dark. And, uh, but if you got a trail camera that's hot or you got an area that's hot sign, or you got an area where you're seeing bucks go there and hunt. Like sometimes you got to say, I think people get so tied up in trying to be right about a deer and like beat him that way instead of just hunting and beating the deer. You know what I mean? Like being in the right place at the right time. They're trying to force it to happen when a lot of these deer, like pickles, you can force that to happen. Like he was there, he's patterned, he's daylight, he's in that area. Magnum, you couldn't force that to happen. You just had to go in there and wing it. And we got tied up on him doing some bullshit sets, like stuff that wasn't very good. We knew he wasn't there. Like, but in your mind, you're telling yourself, oh yeah, this is this is where I need to be, but it's not. And I hope that's explained good enough for the listeners to understand. Just stop trying to be cute and figure these deer out hundred percent and go where you have the best sign and best deer activity and not trying, not thinking about where the deer will be, go where the deer are. Like, and that's what we were doing a couple of years ago. We're always trying to go where the deer will be. And you're, you're not playing very good odds when you're doing that. But if you know, man, it's been hot over here and more than likely if it's been hot for one buck, the pretty damn good chance there's a reason that deer's in there being hot. So if there's a hot doe over there, especially in the rut. There's a real good chance. Okay. You know, there's a hot doe in there. It's three, 400 yards from where you think your buck could be. You probably need to be over there where it's hot because he's going to be over there. And that's what happened with Magnum. He got killed way out of what we thought his zone was, or you know, the line of his area, but more than likely his area was more that way anyways after we kind of break down our data and, and we kind of think that the pressure 
of us and the private pushed him that way a little bit, you know? So it's hard. It's hard to know, but no bullshit sets. Go where the deer are. Don't be silly. Don't be cute. Try to will stuff to happen. Just that's, that's like our mentality last year was just, we just want to kill nice bucks. So it's easier to do that when you're wanting to kill nice bucks, you know, instead of targeting an exact deer. Yeah. And so you got anything to add to that? Yeah. Just like you said there, you know, I think, uh, the, the managed farm, you can get, you know, a routine and a pattern. Um, uh, the probability of that is, is a higher, uh, just yeah, like a yearly pattern even, you know I mean? Like yeah. a yearly pattern, you know, Bucks like he's going to show up, going to show up after October 25th never been here before then, yeah. you know, October 25th, boom. And then he's in here until the rut's over shit like mm-hmm. that. Um, just like you said there, you know, if you're bebopping around on public or you got some small private, not probably going to be able to lock him down. And, um, if you are going to where the deer are, not only is your probability of seeing the buck that you want to kill or a shooter, but you're going to have a better quality hunt. You're going to be able to see more deer because you're where the deer are and you're, you're not trying to surgically remove one deer where you think he is yeah and there's times there's times to be surgical like like pickles was a great example Mm -hmm. freeze was a great example we knew there was only two spots we could kill that deer like if you know that then that's different but if you're not 100 percent sure on those areas or even like most of the time we how we ain't even 25 percent sure you know, we're just yeah throwing a dart on the board and being like, well, this is kind of in his area. You know, he's been over here. He's trail cameraed here. Let's get in there and see what happens. Yeah, very, um, very rarely are we, <clears throat> well, I say that, but, you know, in like an interview or something, like we'll try to name off like three bucks because the probability of these three bucks coming by are very high. The probability of one of them coming by is not as high as one of the three coming yeah. by. You know what I'm saying? If, uh, I don't know if I said that right, but you know, it, you just can't pin one down on a small piece of private like that. You know, on a little forty or on a heavy, yeah. heavily pressured public. I just feel like a lot of people, a lot of the people that create content they're on a bigger piece of ground and they're promoting certain content about bucks doing certain things. When, when you go to what we're hunting, they don't do that shit. They're just, they're different, you know? And we say that and people are like, Oh yeah, they're, it's not that they're harder to kill. It's just, you have to hunt them different. They're not like spiritual, you know, ninja deer out there. They're just, they're just different than like, ag regular ag like our wataga piece we hunt that way different than we hunt our public piece mm-hmm. uh the lease we hunt way different than we hunt kings like it's just you can't there's no cut cookie cutter answer to anything deer hunting you just have to figure out how you got to hunt those deer and yeah. that's how we got to hunt the deer that we hunt we just we got to go where the bucks are because your your buck hasn't trail cameraed there yet or you haven't seen your buck there but damn there's a lot of deer in that area you're seeing you know bucks on trail camera when you're hunting there you're seeing bucks there's a good chance your buck's going to be there too yeah you know that's that's what i believe and just, just like you're talking about our deer like only two bucks are getting shot off this place a year from mm-hmm. everybody like yeah so um yeah i i 
I agree with the no bullshit sets. Like I was, I was big on that last year. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we're getting off of the kid. Yeah, I shit. think I had with the bucks that we killed and the hunts. I think we had nine hunts that we either killed on or were within an hour of killing by trail camera. Yeah. Or and you're missed a couple missed encounters where you know the the Watauga buck and the late season mm, buck nine yeah. yep. nine nine hunts out of the total year where we either killed had a missed opportunity or were within an hour of killing that deer just that, that buffer of daylight you know I mean and you take about how many times you hunt a year um, we're probably batting like twenty percent you know with being in that having an opportunity killing or being you know in that range of right on the damn edge and 20 percent is pretty damn good you know i mean i think yeah and and, and hunting i'm definitely going to take 20 percent one one out of five like you know i'll, I'll take yeah. them odds and just what you're saying there is kind of just rolls into the next topic here of you know of confidence in yourself and your spot and having that confidence in your spot when you're going in is uh, it it's, takes your shit to another level on on your way in like you your your mind is so focused going in on on different shit and um kind of elaborate on that like you wanted to yeah i want to i feel like a lot of people talk about you know being confident in your area um but i want to take it a step further you got to be confident in yourself you got to be confident in your gear. I was thinking like when we went in and killed my, the buck in October 8th, mm -hmm. like we were laughing, we're confident. We kind of knew where we were going. We were confident in this lay of the land. We were confident that we had a destination already picked out. We might change it. We're going to get some confirmation to make us more confident on the trail camera on the way in. You're just stacking the odds in your favor on the way in. You're more relaxed. You're, confident in your area so you're thinking you're going to have a good hunt you're not thinking man this is gonna be a giant waste of time you're ready to kill and it's easier to make that decision of okay i am gonna kill because i kind of went in there like i'm killing a doe so i'm real confident i'm gonna have a shot at something um and when you when you stack the odds in your favor from the truck like even the interview we're like laughing it's hot we're like you know we're going to go in here and put a hunt in a good area, even though it's hot as hell out. We're in t-shirts. Um, but we're real confident in our gear, confident in our bows. We set up smooth as hell right from down from where this buck's bedded. Um, we know where the deer are bedded. So we're confident that the wind is right. That's a huge key. Cause a lot of times when we go into our public land, it's hard to be confident in the wind because you're going into a new spot. You don't know where the hell the deer are bedding. Like when we were hunting on the South public a couple of years ago, it was hard to be confident in any spot because we didn't have the intel of the area to understand what the hell the deer were doing. So like PT, physical therapy buck, I'm way more confident this year than I am two years ago or last year because I went in there and I was like, Oh shit, here's a bunch of acorns. Oh shit. Here's a giant scrape. Oh, shit, I can access this way. Like, you get more, more and more confident because you understand the ground more. And all it takes is going out there and walking it. And with if me and you would like when me and you went in there and tried to hunt uh, that one time and just backed out because we couldn't find an area to hunt, um, we could have done half the work if we would have just scouted before 
went in there, looped around all that shit and been in the zone, confident as hell, because we know what we're doing. We're not just out there screwing around, trying to will it to happen. We have a plan, and that plan starts from the year before of you trying to figure out what the hell you're doing to make yourself confident. And then having confidence in your spot, that just helps you in the long run to be able to kill. You go in there, you're thinking it's going to be a bullshit hunt. You're not confident in your area. You're on your phone. You're not paying attention. You're standing up and down too much. You're not really thinking about your movement because, and then you get busted by a doe and that doe's got a giant behind her. Like we've been there, you know what I mean? Or got busted by, I got busted by West side, you know, just wasn't, it was early in the morning. I wasn't super confident. We hadn't seen shit. I didn't, you know, I wasn't in the zone. And then you make a mental error because you're not in the, I'm going to kill shit mode, you know, and it's, it's hard to push yourself to be in that mode if you're not confident in what you got going on. And then the confidence with your gear, like if, if you're stand, if you're loud with your stand, like there's nothing worse than banging a stick. You're like your confidence level is half what it was when you make a bunch of noise or it takes you twice as long to hang up and you're all sweaty and you're pissed off. Like you could ruin a hunt pretty quick by not being confident in your gear. And a lot of people think, well, I could shoot my bow. I get it out two months earlier and I can shoot it. But yeah, can you shoot it? lean down angled out trying to get around a bush or shoot it in between a crotch of a tree like i had last to do last year like can you make that shit happen are you confident enough or are you going to miss those opportunities because you're not confident enough to take the shot and you're going to let the deer go by and stop ah, then you look back ah shit i should have should have made it happen should have been more confident when when it's me i'm like all right this is it you i'm always like you ready yeah okay here we go i'm gonna send something in there because i'm confident and it hasn't burned me yet like being confident and making shots happen that hasn't burned me yet but if you're not confident in your gear you're not confident in yourself you can make the shot you're not going to take those on the edge like tight or quick shots you're just going to let them go by because you're not you're not confident enough to make those quick decisions and that's, I mean, my first buck this year had all the time in the world. Like, that was hella time, yeah. you know. And But the second buck, I had about three yards, you know. Like, it's either shoot him there or don't shoot the steer at all and he's going to win you. Like, you got to make sure. And he even come in, like, where I was like, uh, you're like, he's coming. I'm like, I can't see him at all. And mm. I'm like, oh, shit, he's right there, you know. Like, boom, out of the, out of the shit, so we got to get a lane back there like yeah solid, definitely 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 need to shoot right where he was and about 10 yards back from that too yeah and then you know it goes back to the confidence thing we didn't know shit about that property not really but now how much more confident are we going to be knowing that we got shooting lanes in that area we got cover in that tree we kind of know how the deer are going to be working in what direction to be looking and it's because we scouted it we've seen some deer do some shit on there and now the confidence level is 10 times what it was last year because if an ha opportunity does happen, you got all those boxes checked to make yourself more confident. Okay, I got a shooting lane. Okay, I got covered to be able to draw my bow. Okay, I got good access. Like your confidence is going up every little check mark you make instead of us going in there and kind of hanging on a bullshit 
right on top of a scrape, like, <laughs> you know, but if it's your first time in on a property, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's going to take know, a minute and, to really dial it yeah. in. But uh, I wasn't hella confident the night that I killed my deer, like, we were going to see some shit. I was like, it's supposed to rain on us. It wasn't that, really that cold. I'm like, we got a fucking, we got a chance, you know, but I'm not like, I'm going to kill shit tonight, you know. It was just like, we're in here. And then people texting us, telling that our setup was trash didn't help at all either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I was, I had, I had a little mojo going in there. I was, I was feeling it. I mean, I just love that time of the year. Like, I mean, that's just. Yeah, I love I love that property. Talk and I love the rain. Property to hunt. Yeah, I yeah. love that property. Just it's just so easy to hunt. Yeah, like it's just the access is so easy. Like oh, that's it's just yeah. You're not when like, you get a deer on the cart on the paved road. Like yeah, you're, yeah, you're <laughs> set to cruise control out. and forget about it. Paved road. <laughs> yeah. I'm like we can we can do this every year and i'll be legit yeah you know, so um going back to you know the confidence in yourself and you know really getting that mindset going into the hunt um one thing that i think's really helped us is when we started filming and trying to produce an episode or a show or a hunt the way that we wanted to like we started filming at the truck and we we always tell ourselves when we're filming you have to act like you're gonna go in there and kill and f from that point on, you just get that mindset of like, okay, like I'm going in to get it done. And I think that that's, it's took, it's taken, you know, three, four years to, to kind of get to where we are now. But I think that when we d started doing that, like that has really helped us get that confidence going and um, really like picking where you want to go to make sure that you have the best odds to get it done. Yeah, I think that it helps us because you talk it out. And that's something that if you have a hunting buddy, when you're driving there, you ought to be talking the hunt out, like playing it through your mind. What's how are you going to approach? Where are you going to hang? What's the plan with us? Like we have a system, but I mean, who's going to, who's going to hang their stand first or, you know, if you're hunting doubles, like who's going to work the sticks, who's going to hang, what, what side does the shooter need to be on? Like you got to plan that shit out in advance and there's nothing worse than getting up there and, being in the wrong spot you know it just yeah. we've we've done it you know where i'm like man i should probably be where you are you should probably be where i am <laughs> <laughs> but but i i you know i don't think we've ever created any interview or anything from shoot no. the buck i think we you know we've got the shit where yeah we, you know and, and a lot of people don't know that that happens in the industry like half the shit you see is if you watch the details, it's reshoots, you know, and, and they're just they're doing that to because it's entertainment, you know, and they're trying to add value to the show. And these reshoots are going to help. And uh, I love it when they like when they do a time lapse of the camp and then the day there's hell of snow and then it's nighttime <laughs> and there's no snow. So I'm like, perfect. Or they like they're going out hunting in their corn and there's no snow in the corn and then they got some shit clips with snow in the corn i'm like come on guy they got some slider shots you know yeah of snow in the corn like the deer tracks and stuff i'm like there's no snow like it, it <laughs> melted it melted in eight minutes when i got in the blind but a lot of a lot of people don't notice that i notice it now just because it's yeah when you're I'm a, yeah when you're looking at all the details and it's kind of ruined 
a lot of the stuff because I'm always like, that's fake as hell. That's fake as hell. I always tell my wife, I'm like, well, that's 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 not even the same truck. That's, the same <laughs> that's, that's the best. That's not even the same truck they rode out in. I seen a Chevy emblem on the dash, bro. That was a sponsored ad truck right there. Now they're getting their shit out of the back of the Outfitters truck, and it's a Ford. <laughs> but, uh. So, uh, last last major topic here, and um, you know, it's something that when I was growing up, I I, I get get attached to a spot, and you know, because it's always done you right, and then next thing you know, it's been a year, it's been two years, been three years, and. It just ain't what it used to be. So kind of go into uh, this last one here. Yeah, I think this is like the number one thing that I learned in the last five years of not being on a good property ground is you can't get attached to an area. You got to know when to scratch it off the list. Not completely, but don't have that bitch underlined. You know what I mean? Like say, okay, this is decent, but I'm going to try to do something else and I feel like you get into a routine where, especially if you're chasing a buck, um, and this really comes into play, chasing a certain buck, this really comes into play on public. There's so many things that you have zero control over on that ground. Um, and you have you got good trail camera data over the first year. Shit's looking good. You have some decent encounters. Um and you're all jacked up about an area. But then at the end of the year, or like us, two or three years later, you look back at the encounters that you had, and it just wasn't that good. And the deer were literally painting the picture of what you needed to do. You needed to get out of that shit in the hot corner. Um, but you just did. You were so <laughs> dead set on your spot because this is where it's going to happen. This is a spot that you picked in your mind and you want to beat these deer in your mind. You want to be, you know, you want to one up them. That's the game that we're playing. And you're so dead set on, I picked this spot. It looks so good. You know, there's hella sign. Well, it's all at night, but you don't know. Or man, it's just really thick, but there's no does bed in there or, it just is so far away from anybody else and it looks really good. Um, but it, the deer aren't there, you know, and that's kind of what we got stuck into. You get into a spot incredibly hard to access. One of the hardest access spots I've ever hunted in my whole entire life. And you literally kill yourself to get back there. You have a shit hunt. You kill yourself back there. You have a shit hunt. You're like, Oh, it's, it's going to happen gonna happen this is the spot this and then you have one de- good hunt you have one good hunt one day and that one day out of the last 12 puts a something in your brain that says i was right i'm the i'm the man this is the spot and we're gonna kill here but in actuality you had a hot doe come through and pulled some shit over there and you had a really good hunt and not saying that's going to happen every time, but then, then the years go by and you're like, man, this, you know, we've seen three shooter bucks out there, four shooter bucks. And this, this is the shit, but you got to believe, but verify. And you can only verify so many times you can believe in the spot, have confidence in the spot. But if you're going in there and 
I just said it. I think it really comes down. At least I don't want to say this for everybody, but it's for me. It's the pride of you want to be right. You want to be right about this spot. You know, like, ah, this is it. I put the work in. I scouted. I want you want to be right about this spot. But the spot's shit. And you're not a man enough to say, I'm not right about this shit. I need to replan and, and redo it. And maybe some people don't have that problem. But for me, I, I get emotionally attached to areas basically that look really good and you have a couple good hunts in there and then but you add up the amount of times we went to the back and hunted compared to the amount of bucks we've seen like per day shooters it's not very damn good no um when we couldn't hunt back there really good you know but shit changes when uh when more pressure gets there and that's what happened People start pressuring more. They kill a lot of does. And it's hard for you to know. You can't control what's going on out there. So you have no idea what me and you are two different hunters. You could have cut, you could have shot six does off that property. I don't know. I'm going in there because this has been loaded with does and it's November 5th, you know, and I'm going in there to hunt. You go in there, you have a hunt. You don't see any does. You're like, okay, that's weird, you know. Then you have another hunt. You don't see any does. Oh, okay. And then you have one hunt where you see one or two does. You're like, oh, yeah, they're, they're still in here. They're still in here. Then you have another hunt where you don't see shit. You're trying to make your mind believe that it's a good spot when actuality it's been trashed by someone else or the neighbor put a giant food plot in and he's pulling a lot of deer now or some, you, some stuff you have no control over. And I feel like this happens to a lot of people. They get stuck on that fence line. Well, this, this fence line has been good the past five years. I've killed three bucks the past five years. I'm just going to wait it out. And then they go on a four-year dry spell where they don't kill anything. And they're wondering what the hell happened, why they're not killing anything. And what then what's happened is you start blaming other people or other things. Well, this guy's pressuring the deer, and it's going to happen. Or this guy's killing the deer, and that's going to happen. But the spot's just shit now. No matter what happened to it, the spot's no good. So you need to move on, get out of that area before someone else kills the buck that you're after. And that's what happened to us. We got emotionally attached to the area. If you took a guy back there and showed him that area, showed him the access, like when I showed you, I mean, it's just something that just looks amazing. It just looks so cool. You know, I mean, it's just, it's not stuff that we're used to hunting. It's weird. Um, really good shooting there. I think that was a draw, too. Um, trees that we could get into, that was a draw. The ease of, you know, where we were hunting was a draw. Not like the access, but compared to other spots. Um, but even the bucks that we seen, they were painting the picture for where we needed to go. They literally all went to the exact same damn spot. And we even said it out loud, like, and still didn't, we didn't want to lose faith that we were wrong and this wasn't going to be the spot, you know, and, and hanging all the sticks back there and moving all the cams back there. If we would have took that time, 350 yards, we would not only had a chance to kill our buck, we would also had a chance to kill a lot of other bucks that were never going to be up there. You know, and, mm -hmm. and that's all it takes sometimes is 350 yards. I mean, 
200 yards and and then uh also knowing when to scratch an area don't be blow there's nothing out of the realm for a whitetail to do in an area giant steep ass hill dude might climb right up that swim across the lake dude might cut the edge of this and swim across this lake or it might be shallow enough he's just waiting across it going a mile and a half two miles to ag every night going a mile and a half two miles to hit a scrape like don't don't wear don't put that block in your head that these deer aren't bedding in eight different spots throughout you know don't put that in your head that dude's got okay i know where he's feeding i know where one of his beds are i'm on high pressure ground like don't get in that block of this is what this deer is doing because one guy throwing a wrench and setting in between you that deer is bedding in a different spot he's going to be feeding in a different spot he's going to be accessing the field in a different spot like it's it's a way different game um but it and then you get a buck like pickles that literally is everything that any other hunter on private ground talks about like Deer's bedding in one spot, feeding in another spot. He comes in there in the morning. He leaves in the evening. <laughs> like, he's a textbook deer. Uh, and then you kill him. It's just easy. You know, like, it's an easy one. Or the Watauga buck. The scrape's on fire. We're going to hit this. Oh, he's hitting the scrape. Let's go in there and kill him. And he, boom, we kill him. You know, go into that scrape. Like, there's easy ones, and then there's absolutely hard ones. And... I feel like you make it harder on yourself because you get so tied up and want to be right about an area, or at least me. I don't want to say everybody, but you want to, you don't want to move this stand because it's been damn good. It's set up perfect. It's easy to get to, but it's not in the right spot. And you waste 15 hunts there. And then you decide, man, this is, just think of all the energy we would have had if we didn't bike in and, pack in and have shitty stands that were hanging like we didn't have really lightweight shit and taking food in and all the camera gear and if we just would have been like all right we're we're good the deer are all going west let's just go west (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should go west yeah but the the trail cams were really really messing with their mind that nighttime trail cam data and shit that we were getting was really oh yeah he's in the area he's just not daylighting yet ah he's not daylighting where you're at yeah and it just like um one thing i want to add to it is just like listen to your fucking gut because it's it's where you need to be and you know after like the third hunt if you're trying to talk yourself into going back to that spot that's when you need to be yeah that's when you need to be like okay like oh i mean i'm all cool with you know going into spot first time giving another shot the second time but that third time you're like okay this is either make or break or you're talking yourself into it and you shouldn't even be going there and you need to be going into a new spot and then that's what i would call a bullshit set if you you ended up talking yourself into it go that's bullshit set like you're not even in the mind frame you're trying to you're trying to make shit up to get back in that spot. Yeah. That's when you got to set yourself up and say classic. Oh man, it's going to be 10 <laughs> degrees colder tomorrow. Or, Oh, there's a front coming in two days. Like 
uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it's going to take, but you got to have some signs of life to get yourself back in there. And I feel like that's what we were doing. We were like, Oh, it's cold as hell. Now they're going to be moving. Well, not really, you know, but mm-hmm. can you kill? You can still kill. That's why I said you, you got, you got a white tailed deer. Just scratch off everything that you think he's going to do and just add a bunch of question marks. Cause he could throw, he could show up anywhere at any time. We, like I said, three and a half miles away. What? 23 hours after you got a trail cam picture of him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? Like get a trail cam picture of him. Oh, he's still in the area. No, no, a it was 12. Later. It was 13. Did you say 13? 13 hours. Yeah. yeah 13 yeah, thir- hours. Yeah. 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 Cause we had him that, that morning at like three thirty. Yeah. Yeah. And then he got killed that evening. Yeah. So, I mean, Oh, he's in there bedded or he's in there with the dough. <laughs> no, he's actually three and a half miles away. Yeah. Sorry, bud. So go sorry ahead, about your, go ahead, go ahead and bike in though. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead and bike in, you know, and go ahead and haul your ass back there. And, uh, you haven't seen deer back here at all. You've seen two does, the same two does coming off the same <laughs> bridge every day. You're like, now nah, there's going to be something back here. I'm feeling pretty, you know, but that night I did see crisscross, but yeah. Eating. Well, you were in a different spot. If you were oh, up on top. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you would have been on. No, on hell no. Hell crisscross. No. But the thing is, is after saying all that, don't completely scratch that spot out, you know, off the list forever. You know, maybe you pressuring it changed it and you give it some time and go back in there. Maybe it's good again, but don't let one good hunt in one area dictate how you're going to plan your season. That's what comes down to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of what we did. We had really good hunt and we kind of kept throwing the, we kept playing the same poker hand over and over, hoping that the, you know, the guy was going to have something, you know, not as good. And every time he had something better, it's like, I got the same hand, bro. I'm coming at you, coming at you. Coming. Yeah. One, uh, one thing that I've been doing here the last couple of years is, you know, if, if you're, if you find a spot and you want it, you want it to be good, but it's just not good is just like Cody said, don't forget about it. But like, I'll t- I'll take you know just one day, a month. So one day in October, one day in November, one day in December, and just go in there and see what it looks like. See if shit's changing. See if it's you know if there's sign of life in there, and uh, then just go off of that. Like don't completely waste it because I mean shit pops up here and there all the time. So yeah, I mean where where you killed pickles, yeah, you know we we knew that deer was in there. But we plan on being in that sucker in the rut, something fierce. Mm-hmm. We run cameras there and went in there and scouted. Nothing. If we'd have been like, they were here last year, the sign was here last year, it's going to show up. Like on private, big pieces of private ground, I feel like you can do that shit. But on small chunks, stuff that's high pressured or public land, you cannot do that. You have what is there is what's dictating how you hunt. You can't look at past knowledge of bucks is about the only thing that you can use. You have to verify that that deer is still there. Yeah. Like, and still using that area the same way and something else has to change. And that's where we've been messing up because we want to hunt it like public land or private land in the past, but you just can't, you gotta, 
you got to hunt it like it's your first hunt every time until you verify what's going on. You go in there and yeah, we, you know, we hang a cam on pickles. Yeah. He's there. Oh, he's there. He's there. He's there. Okay. That's good. We verified that. Let's go ahead and kill him. Yeah. Kill him. But you know, we, the year that we got our ass kicked, we're going into places. We got no, we're just making shit up. Well, they can pinch around this pond. If they're going to come this area, they're going to pinch down this bridge. Let's just hang up here. Like, there's better options than you, you got than that. You just got to play them out and you want it. You want to, you have to work to make it happen, but you can't, sometimes you just can't will it to happen that way. You know, we yeah. say will it to happen or make it happen, but that's just put enough sits in where some shit, uh, you know, comes together. And sometimes that's how we kill shit. Yeah. Sometimes you know? but, it's, yeah. Yeah, but that's how everybody kills shit, you know what I mean? But um like I said, after saying all that, I don't want to scratch I don't want people to be like, Well, you know, I ain't been good and then they scratch an area that is good. You just verify it. Don't don't just keep going back if it's bad. Verify what what you got going on and then go from there. That's great advice. And and all three of these points here like when I was trying to come up with my talking points, I was like, man, dude, those, those are like the three that, that I would pick and, you know, want to talk about. Cause you know, those are really becoming part of stuff that I really believe in and trying to like base my, my system around here. So, um, yeah, it's not only, it's not only going to make you better, um, public, but if you put this shit on private land, if you get a good piece of private land, mm-hmm. like we had back in the day and we use this shit that we got, we would smash, bro. If we had Tina's now, my God, we would destroy that place. <laughs> it wouldn't even be fair. Like, I, honestly, like the amount of shit I knew back then compared to what I know now and having to hunt public and little small shit pieces to have that piece now, it would be devastating to the deer herd because I would, it would, it, I mean, I did good there and I knew a quarter of the shit that I know now. Mm-hmm. So, all right, uh, finish up here with these few would you rathers, um, a 180 and nothing for two years or three 135s for three years? A certain 180 or a random 180? <laughs> <laughs> Just a 180 and then nothing for two Just years. Two, two years. 135. Three one thirty five. Uh, if it's a certain, if it's if it's a certain one eighty, I'll take that. If it's just a random one eighty, I'll take the one thirty five. <laughs> Look at this guy emotionally attached. <laughs> just gave yeah. you a whole podcast. Don't get fucking emotionally attached. Here we are. Yeah, yeah if it's this well, you one, can't, you can't not do it. Like I'm, I'm emotionally attached to bucks. Like I, that's yeah. just part of the game. It is. I just need to work on not getting emotionally attached when I'm wrong. Like you just gotta say, I was wrong. Like and. It's not that I'm cocky because you're you're literally not proving it to anybody but yourself out there. You just you put so much work in and to thinking that this is the right spot, and you go back to all those sweaty ass summer walks that you did scouting and the trail cam data, and you're like, I know this is it. I know it. All the work I did, this is it. But another day of scouting, and you're gonna be like, oh shit, maybe this isn't it. You know, mm-hmm. I, that's all you gotta do is. 
and it goes back to that ditch, dude. If we would have went 150 yards, would have been a game changer. We not only would have been on that deer, we would have been on Magnum. Like yeah. we would have been like it's just like 150 yards and we'd have we would have seen that spot and been like, whoa. <laughs> acorn we can't find acorns anywhere on this place. Hell acorns yeah. on the ridge. Early October. Got the giant scrape. You got a water source. They're bedding on this ridge. Like they're going bed to food like it's all playing out to that spot and it might be bullshit you put a couple hunts in there and you run the cameras back there i'm not gonna go back in there and hunt if it's bullshit i gotta find a new spot but i got high hopes in that spot but i can't get emotionally attached and be like i'm going in this he ain't he ain't been here but he's gonna be here you know i'm going in this spot for two weeks because mm-hmm. he might show up but i might also be able to go back in there and like in that bowl of the cattails get up in there and oh shit it's really good here and you waste all your hunts up there trying to make shit happen when it's happening down there you just step in the shit you know i'd rather step in shit than out there making it happen all the time (laughs) i need a couple years for that target a 145 with six years of history or a new booner new booner yeah um gun or bow where am i at <laughs> <laughs> i thought you're gonna say whatever's killing <laughs> yeah yeah whatever uh if i got tags left and it's gun season gun <laughs> if uh but i like to kill them with a bow but man it, i'll kill them however whatever it takes missouri uh, i want to i want a gun though that yeah. shit's um age or inches What's that? Age or inches? Inches. Best day to be in the woods? Mm, probably okay. 7th of November. 9th of November. Okay. Day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty solid one. That is. That's a sleeper one. If I calculated the amount of giants I've seen or had on trail camera... The weekend of Thanksgiving compared to any other time of the year, that would probably be the highest odds out of any time I've ever hunted. I, I 100% agree with that. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. There's something about this area and that weekend. It's like, I just don't know if there's like, people have got a lot of shit going on and there's not very many people out there hunting or it's normally cold. It seems to always be cold around that time. The year, nice, you know, weather and there's still a couple does and those bucks are still hitting scrapes. Like there's a lot of shit that's at the end that can really play into making it magical that time of year. Yeah. And I also think, you know, the gun season was just a weekend before, you know, gun hunters out, maybe did a little bit of pushing, not much until mm-hmm. second season, but it, you know, did something, got the herd stirred up enough. So they're like, Oh man, they're just coming in and bedding down. Yeah. Um, and then I think a lot of people are like, wow, gun seasons here it's ruined now and they're just not hunting when they're missing out on one of the best weekends of the year so so you kind of uh, covered some things that you thought I've improved on in the last four years and uh, I've been scratching my head trying to think and I I can't since I feel like I'm 
below you or behind you as a hunter, I don't think I can um, tell you things that you've improved on, but I can tell you things that I um, look at you hunting-wise and wish that I was more like. And um, I'm going to name some of these. It's like uh, your determination to be successful, um, re- regardless of what the, what the goal is, but you're, you're determined to accomplish that goal that you set. Um, you looking at failures as an opportunity to learn. Uh, we, we have, we have a lot of those and, you know, it, and that's one thing that, uh, it makes you better. Yeah. Um, you're never satisfied. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you, just like I always say on here, you always want that one extra ridge and, you know, Half the time it's, you know, over half the time it's, you know, shit that needs to be done. And you already said it, whatever yeah. it takes. And that's, sometimes that's what it takes, man. Uh, one thing that you're, it, that you are improving on is, uh, we, we basically covered it here in this podcast, is you're working on overthinking shit. Uh, we talked about this last week after the podcast, uh, you are always thinking of small instances and encounters and how we could have done differently to be in a better position. Um, eliminating those dumbass moments. Um, just like I talked about, on, <laughs> yeah, just like I talked about, um, in the podcast, uh, my podcast, um, us checking that truck camera on West side, uh, you getting, uh, busted by West side. Um, just when you, when you were talking about that there earlier, I was like, that deer has really taught us a lot. Yeah. That deer has absolutely yeah, he taught us, us a lot. He taught us that that was one of the first deer where we were like, man, these deer just are doing weird shit out here, bro. They're not, <laughs> they're here and they're not here. And then they come back and like, it's just like, and that just goes back to you're just like, okay, this is, this is a non killable deer. Like, like it's, he, I'm not going to say he's non killable, but he's, if you're looking at a roulette board, that sucker's double zero. Like he's <laughs> he's up there. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be rewarding when you hit that son of a gun. Yeah. But, uh, I'd rather play the black or red every day of the week. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, just uh, those, eliminating those dumbass moments, uh, doing whatever it takes, and then helping others be successful. Um. Not scared of a no for hunting permission. And a, a big one here, these last two are big ones. Uh, this um, this one here is, you stopped overlooking the bullshit spots and put effort into them. And, uh, you know, I know I know you're thinking of, you know, a little chunk of timber there. Uh, I'm thinking that as well. Also, I'm thinking of the Watauga piece. Yeah. You know? That like, was kind of like, I was like, oh, man, this was kind of shit. That's one that goes back to I had zero confidence in that ground. I left it because it was shit. Leave it for a couple of years. You go back. It's a honey hole. <laughs> shit changed. Yeah. Shit changes. Like the guy that hunted it all the time isn't hunting anymore. Two or three years, no pressure. You have no idea that he's not hunting anymore. You go talk to him. And he says, yeah, I ain't been down there for three years. You go in there and there's hella sign. You're like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, there's two or three scrapes, and I put it on that scrape, and I went and pulled that cam, and I'm like, bro, we got some shit going on in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just 
not even 10 acres, like 9.2 acres. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people be like, I ain't going to waste my damn time. And it lays out weird as hell. Like it's, it's, <laughs> I, I wish we, I could have audio of the phone call when you pulled that card and you're going through yeah. videos, triple main B buck on here, two giant eight pointers on here. I'm like, all right, you know, like lay, lay it out. How's the, how's the ground, you know, laid out. You're like, all right, it's, you walk down this road, you turn left, it's 50 yards off the road. There's a cherry tree, the scrapes right there, little open yeah. spot. Hella bedding, a lot of does. <laughs> and I'm like, 50 yards after, you're like, yeah, dude, it's easy as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm a like, cut trail, 50 yeah. yards ahead. Oh. oh, and then uh, the last one here is uh, the killer's going to kill. In the moment of truth, I know, I know you're going to kill. Yeah, well, I got a good wreck going on. I could screw it up at any second, and I have, <laughs> you know. But I think uh, – I think that's what makes you a killer is you just you gotta, you gotta mess up so many times and then shit clicks. And like I said, at the beginning, I literally think that them damn rabbit hunts when I was a kid, when you got that gun and that you see that sucker jumping through there and you got to pick your spot and your adrenaline's high, you know, and it's just a damn rabbit. Like if you miss my miss, like it's not as devastating as a deer but you put yourself in those high intense moments where you got to make the shot. You got to make it happen, you know, and I, I could damn near, I can't remember every rabbit I missed, but I miss, I remember a couple of just absolute <laughs> chip shots that I just <laughs> spooked on. You know what I mean? Like when you're out there, you're like, man, I'm a dumbass. but then it helps you not be a dumbass on deer and other stuff. But, Turkeys with a bow. I missed a shitload of turkeys with a bow, bro. <laughs> like it just, uh, I missed a bunch of. I've lost a couple deer with a bow. Lost a couple does with a rifle. Like you just, and you're like, damn, man. But it happens to everybody. Shit happens, and, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's a mindset. You just. I'm a killer. Like you just gotta be able to kill. But yeah, I appreciate all those kind words, man. I, like I said, I, I don't think you're less a hunter than me. I think you're actually a better hunter in your style. I'm not as good as you on the, your shit. Like you're way better at details and decision-making being consistent. Like that's, that's your, that's your bread and butter right there. And I'm better at like, I think oh, this just, shit looks good. Let's, let's go rip it. You know? Yeah. And, I feel and, like you just got a really good feel. You can look at something and just feel, feel how yeah. they're using it. Like I need to look at some shit. I need to do a couple things. And, and then I can kind of, yeah. once I see something, then I'm, you know, I, then I'm good, but you just got the feel and, yeah. and, then, and then you're in the game. Yeah. It's just, I've seen deer do deer shit enough times to where you're like, okay, this is, this is how I feel like they're going to do it. Just like when we set up in Watauga on the, when we set up real high, mm -hmm. I was like, man, that buck's going to circle around, come right back down. And I was, and he did it. I was like, ah, damn, that's exactly what I would do. He went up in there. Where the hell is he going to go? Like, there's nowhere for him to go. He's going to come back, you know? And I was just like, he's going to go right up in there. And then you see that. And now, you know, 
man, I got to, if I miss my opportunity on a buck and we're set up like that, he more than likely he's going to shoot back because he really don't have anywhere else to go. He's either going to shoot back in this low spot or he's going to be on the other ridge where we got the other stand. Mm -hmm. Like that's his two options. Right. Because he's not going to go over on the neighbor's property because that guy is hunting his balls off. You know what I mean? Like he's in there pushing deer out like crazy. So you got a really good odd that deer's coming right back. So and that's the kind of stuff that I pick up on. Like I say something in my mind, I see it happen. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I, then it happens again. Then you see it happen again. And you're like, okay, that's, that's how they, they do shit. But one thing I'm not really good at is like scrape hunting is kind of newer to me, like really. And it's just how they access the scrape sometimes just, I'm like, you think that they come in this way and damn near every time I'm wrong on how they access. And I think that has a lot to do with damn near everything that hits the scrape comes in downwind. Almost everything. If it's mature. Yeah. I feel so, like, I feel like they're J hooking a lot and we're not playing the J hook. Yeah. I think that's what we're doing too. They're coming in J hooking and we're not. We're, we're in, not, we're in the straight part of the J I feel like half the yeah. damn time. And you do, we're just catching them, you know, when yeah. we do kill them. But yeah, that's definitely a, that's a tactic that I, man, it, like imagine running hella mock scrapes on Tina's and being able to run mobile cams on them and set up like it would have the amount of bucks that were out there. It would have just been devastating to those deer. You know, I'm killing them in October without scrapes off their bed just transitioning in between the, if I had a scrape to stop them and like, give me, you know, a good <laughs> shot. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. You know, like, but I didn't, didn't have that in my bag of tricks, you know? Right. So main yep. thing is, is for both of us is we're learning. We're able to understand that we're not, it's not a, it's okay to be wrong. And I think that helps. I think being a dad is what helped me realize that. Like when you have no one to impress in life besides your kids, like you want them to look up to you. And other than that, I know people say this, but I could give a damn less what anybody else has got in mind for me. And then when you start thinking like that, it's only, it's you versus yourself out there and me being stubborn as hell and being persistent and not wanting to give up is why I get stuck in those spots. Cause I'm like not giving up on this thing. I'm just going to keep grinding. I'm just going to keep getting in there. And then you, you waste a whole season trying to prove yourself right on shit. That wasn't, wasn't good. So this year I'm out. If shit isn't good, <laughs> scratching it. Come there you back. Go. There I'll you go. Out later. But I think that is the game changer and the, the no bullshit sets or just the no, the no cute shit. Like don't try to put stuff in your mind together and put pins on a map. And now oh, this is what this deer is going to do. You can do that, but don't dictate your whole entire hunt on that. Verify that shit. You know, that's, and when I wanted to mention this, cause I've been thinking about this. I don't know why it just dawned on me a couple days ago. It goes back to the confidence shit. When you got something laid out and it feels right, it's probably right. But I mean, it, but just like the, 
the physical therapy buck. Mm-hmm. We knew where that deer was. We knew where he was going to ag. Like we knew where he could only be bed. We knew his direction of travel. Magnum, we knew he wasn't in that area, but you just can't believe it. Like you can't believe that this is what that, maybe that's me. I just can't believe that that's what that deer is doing. You know, and, and most of the time it's basic shit yeah. that I struggle on the worst. It's the basic shit that I, that is plain as day, but I got so much other stupid shit in my mind going on that I dismiss over the basic shit. Yeah. That's, the shit that actually is going to kill the deer. I would say that's just like what we were talking about for 45 minutes after the podcast last week is just, you know, Magnum and shifted and well, we seen the deer come from the West and he hasn't been on our cameras on the east, so why in the hell are we still over here hunting when we just seen him come out of there and he's not over yeah. here on cams? You know, why Why didn't we go over there? And it just goes back to, the, just like you said, that overlooked, dumb, basic bullshit. And it's because you want it to happen like you want it to happen because then that would be super yeah. awesome. But uh-huh. the the main thing is to just kill the damn thing. Yeah. It don't matter how. You got to get past the, I'm going to connect the dots mode and get into, well, the deer came from that direction. Maybe we should go over there. <laughs> it sounds so, maybe we're the only ones that's that's that stupid, but um, we just mess up on that. We've talked about shit. We messed up on this podcast. I don't know how many times. And yeah. That's, you know, I, I feel like us talking it out makes us, it makes us better every time, you know, and. Mm-hmm. That's something we struggle with hard. It's just, it's it's plain as day painted there. If we just get, scratch out all the other bullshit, look at the hard facts that we have. Yeah, I just need to call time and out and slow it. down. Yeah. And then when you look at the hard facts, you're like, this is probably what we need to do. I mean, we have them coming out in velvet right there. Like right there. You know, I mean, like, we're right on the edge and then <laughs> we got him going out there and we got him going to the ag in like three or four different spots. So we're like, this is literally the only ag he can go to like, and then the, the snow trail is what got me, dude, that snow trail. When I went out there, I felt like the biggest dumbass in the world. I'm like, I'm thinking this dude's climbing this clip. He's walking right down the road. Like, it's just, it's just, wait till you see the cutoff trail, too. I can't wait to show you how stupid we've been. <laughs> just right there. I'm like, going to feel like an idiot. yards from it. Just, boop, we're in. Like, feel I'll, like an idiot. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right, you're going to be well, like, oh, yeah, it's solid. Yeah. Hopefully after this episode here, uh, you know, kind of you know maybe brought some things to light for somebody to apply and you know stop being cute and you know it is okay to move on from a spot and it's okay to be wrong you know it's uh just maybe it's somebody like us that has to be told some basic shit and be like oh okay yeah Yeah. i need to do that so um appreciate you coming on and and talking about them things and hopefully everybody's got a little bit better feel for you yeah appreciate all listeners like always um we're going to bring a couple turkey episodes, I think, just because I I feel like talking about it a little bit, switching it up. Um, and then uh, 
we're going to start banging out, hopefully start banging out our content for the year, um, getting it stockpiled for you guys. And uh, if you're listening right now, like I always say, I really appreciate you guys, you hardcore deer hunters. Um, hopefully this resonated with you in some way. Um, if, if not, you kind of understand our mindset a little bit, and what we got going on. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're talking about this tactics now and some basic shit. And then we kill a giant off of what we're talking about right now. This podcast was the moment that flipped a switch for somebody or for us, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why don't you wrap it up with the saying at the end of the podcast since you're running it. I don't know if you've ever. Yeah, you've said it with, without me there. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, just yeah. like Cody said, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. And uh, remember, always try to do the right thing. Leave a legacy. And White Tail Legacy is out. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.